I think for me, certainly with with the process of breaking down fear, my thought process is what is the worst that can happen? The worst that can happen from putting yourself out there is probably rejection. Or and you then, look a bit silly for five yeah, minutes. And don't, do not use this time to cut your own fringe. <laughs> By the end of this, I'm going to have one eyebrow that just stretches the whole way across my forehead, mm. but... I, You're going to make it fashion. I'm going to leave it to the experts is what I'm going to do. There's a quote from the the founder of LinkedIn where they're talking about if you look at – I think if you look at the first version of your product or your website or whatever it is and you're not embarrassed by it, then you started too late. Welcome to the Seize the Yay podcast. Busy and happy are not the same thing. We too rarely question what makes the heart sing. We work, then we rest, but rarely we play and often don't realise there's more than one way. So this is a platform to hear and explore the stories of those who found lives they adore. The good, bad and ugly, the best and worst day will bear all the facets of seizing your yay. I'm Sarah Davidson, or Spoonful of Sarah, a lawyer turned fun entrepreneur who swapped the suits and heels to co-found Matcha Maiden and Matcha Milk Bar. Seize the Yay is a series of conversations on finding a life you love and exploring the self-doubt, challenge, joy and fulfilment along the way. Hello, beautiful people. Another week of craziness. I can't believe how quickly things are changing. I hope you are all looking after yourselves and finding ways to get through physical distancing and time at home. While it is a very grave time for so many of us, I've been finding so much comfort in laughter and focusing on the things that we still do have to smile about. So I'm going to keep bringing you yay as much as possible. And you might have seen I started with a little yay filled hump day live lunch hour going live with the wonderful Gemma Watts. Before we get to that, though, I've also been working away for the past few months on producing the Tom Organic Taboo podcast, which also launched this week. We bumped up our episode scheduled with my dear friend and meditation guru, Minaj Diaz, to launch with. And if you need some incredibly calming words and strategies on mindset in tough times, go and have a listen. He is absolutely wonderful. Back to Gemma, after a few hilarious technical hiccups, we finally managed to go live on Instagram, although we didn't make it to the Facebook group. I'm so sorry, guys. And the comments on the live didn't work, so we couldn't even interact and take requests we had hoped and obviously just seemed like we were ignoring you all, which we absolutely weren't. So there's a little bit of audio referring to that. Um, I cut most of it out, but I'm so sorry, guys. That is half the fun of lives. But here is the resulting audio from our chat. Jem is an absolute hoot and totally refreshed me with our giggles, as well as her also being host of her own fabulous Glow Journal podcast, a creative director of Glow Journal Creative, which just launched its brand new, incredibly stunning website, a copy copywriter. She is just so many things, including an absolute legend. And I'll let her tell you the rest. So I hope you enjoy. Okay, I'm back. We're back. We've got our coffees. I forgot the microphone. (laughs) Um, Podcasting. This says, it says, I don't do fashion. I am fashion. This is the house of Gemma. And mine says, I woke up like this, which is a blatant lie. (laughs) 
so that's I definitely fun. didn't curl my hair and put makeup on for you today. No, absolutely not. I certainly deny in my clothes. I can say that <laughs> in all sincerity. It's linen. Like you, the second you put linen on, it looks like you slept in it anyway. So at this point I'm like, I might as well just lean into it. I feel like I'm that's sorry the that fashion, I keep touching though. the microphone. No, that's fine. I, I'm we only wearing these so I remember that there's one there. <laughs> <laughs> and to keep my hair under my face because I'm trying not to touch my face. Yes, same. I touch and then my face like, so much. It's, it's literally my job. Oh, it is actually your job. Oh my! Yeah, I was actually going to ask you to do it. Like we could do an episode while you did my makeup and like, like did yeah. a tutorial chat. But then I was like, you we can't would touch it, my face. Yeah, 24 hours of me soaking everything I've ever used in alcohol and, <laughs> <laughs> and putting it on my face. Yeah. Well, Jem, welcome to the first ever. <laughs> quarantine live lunch happy hour i mean we're absolutely nailing meet up. it <laughs> we're doing great so far Jeez. i was going to make you sing the intro i'm not going to make you do that no please please yeah. <laughs> but i like clap along to it but i you won't you won't no. be, won't be delivering no it. that's all right i mean i'm just so grateful that you're here at all i thought you well, know, i've had to go so far <laughs> A real oh, it's I'm such just moving myself into the video. Yeah, can you can you just uh, there we go. Oh, there we are. Yeah, is that better? Yeah. Look how's, at the lighting. How's the vanity on me? Oh. <laughs> Absolutely loves herself sick. <laughs> this is what I love about you, though. You do it in such a like lovely, humble, endearing, queen esque kind oh, of that's way. That's nice. Yeah. Oh god, if I one person thinks that, then then you've done your job. Cheers to me. <laughs> So, guys, I thought since it has been a really strange time, lots of uncertainty, lots of doom and gloom, which, of course, we all need to take seriously, that Mm. a little bit of yay in your ears uh, would be a bit of fun. And Gemma is absolutely the most fabulous person that I know. That's so nice. But I completely agree with you because I just think we're obviously taking it seriously, but I'm I'm not an expert. Mm. You're not an expert. If if we want that, we will go to the experts. And I don't think that me jumping on here and contributing to what's already out there is productive yeah. in the slightest. Yeah. And I think that is one of the things that's really hard is everyone is getting bombarded with information that's true, that's slightly true, that could be misinformation. There's just so much out there that I think what our role is right now is to provide the stuff we're good at, which is the fun, the yay, the silly giggles, the chuckles, mm. uh, the wonderful shrines to baby Gemma. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> truly, it's such a, a wacky reminder every time I walk into my house that's like, oh, hello there. I live here. <laughs> yes, this is my home. Mm, weird times. So sticking to the structure as much as we can, but anyone at any time with any questions or challenges or requests, which you didn't go wacky enough on when we first (laughs) asked you all, literally threw it out to the interwebs. The first question that I start every episode Mm. with is, what is the most down-to-earth thing about you? Yeah, so I know you Is there anything? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know that it's everything. I'm an absolute bogan to my very core, which is why it's so confusing to me. I mean, I, di- I hope I hope you don't receive this feedback, but when I did offline with beautiful Alison Rice, she got a review on Apple Podcasts that said, normally I love this podcast, but um, Gemma Watts' accent is so pretentious. What? I think I sound like trash, but okay. Um, Do you yeah, have an accent? Well, I didn't believe so, but apparently I am. Um, I, I mean, I guess I err towards prue and trude every so often, but... <sighs> I just round my, my vowels. They are my favorites. I uh, yeah. If I if we were having 
champagne, that's that would be the voice. Um, most you guys could have asked us to do this whole episode as Prue and True. Oh, I mean, what a lost opportunity. Truly. Um, <laughs> I mean, most down-to-earth thing about me. All of it. Uh, the But one specific thing, until five weeks ago, I had not set foot in a gym before because I was too scared. I think everyone thinks that I'm very confident and will do whatever, which is accurate. But there was something about gyms that I was like, people are going to judge me. It's terrifying. Mm. I haven't, I have, well, until now, I hadn't felt fit since I stopped dancing. So I was like, oh, I don't want to go to the gym and not know what to do and people are going to laugh. Turns out they don't. Um, their job <laughs> is actually to be very supportive. Um, but, yeah, I think maybe that's it, that five weeks ago I was literally sitting in my car out the front of the gym going, fuck. Oh, my gosh. Oh. But here we are. Well, go you. Got that's over amazing. it. Yeah, now they're closed. I know, so. just on time, <laughs> yeah. right? The universe. <laughs> mm. I just banged my hand on the table, which is like the cardinal sin of podcasting. Oh, that's fine. Oh. I, was, I was playing around with this before and I was like, that's making a lot of noise. Mm. Um, also, I feel like the notifications have stopped. Or are there people? People don't want to hang out (laughs) can someone just like click a wave it is working and just oh there we go oh there we go okay okay thank you thank you so much okay nightmare so your way ta this is pretty much the story of how you got to where you Mm. are all the stuff that doesn't usually make the cut about pretty much running a beauty salon for your parents, you know, in a, in a room of this very house, yeah. muffin break, yes. all the various jobs you had, the, the newspaper you published before. Yeah, gosh, she's done her research. There is a lot of material in uh, young Gemma Watson's yeah. journey to professional life. Yeah. Tell us everything. There really is. Okay, so I was one of those very strange children who I mean (laughs) (laughs) makes sense who pretty much immediately knew that I wanted to work in media in some capacity so I'm very fortunate that everything I've done has led me to here although it has still been very lateral and not linear super fortunate so I grew up around television quite a bit my godmother still contracts to nine but she was a Um, entertainment producer at channel nine forever and still does all of the big stuff so that was my like after school care my parents would just when it was when the nine studios were still in richmond which are now apartments but they've kept oh i've just knocked the microphone again they've kept the the outside of the building what a nightmare hasn't even had a drink um (laughs) (laughs) that we know of no um it's heritage listed and every time i go past just Big time deja vu. So my my first television appearance was age five on David Strasman, which is interesting because I have what is called automatonophobia, which is a fear of ventriloquist dummies. David Strasman is a ventriloquist. So they interviewed me with Teddy Bear instead of the doll. Did you have the phobia from that or before that? Before that. But we don't oh. know what prompted it because my – I mean, I'm going right off track, but my parents had friends who had a plunge pool and being an only child, I didn't have other kids to hang out with at their gatherings. <gasps> no, it was so fine. I will talk to anyone. Um, so it was, I was all good. I just hung out with adults forever. But they'd, they'd be like, no, come on, Gem, it's going to be good. You can go in the pool. And then they would put me in this room to get changed and there was a Jerry G doll. And for oh. as long as we can remember... I would, three-year-old Gemma would be like, mum, dad, you have to come into the room with me. One of you has to 
keep your eyes on the doll and the other one of you has to keep your eyes on me in case the doll kills the doll watcher and comes around. So we don't know what prompted it because that's just been it from day dot. I digress. Um, So I've always grown up around like entertainment, have had to talk to adults because you've just got to make your own fun when you're an only child. (laughs) You always bring the fun. I I feel like that's a great talent. Give it a red hot go, don't I? Um, To varying degrees of success. So I've always loved having a chat, as I'm sure comes across. So I thought, yeah, okay, this is fun. This is good. I loved writing. I was very creative. You mentioned we had a family newsletter. There's three people in my family. So like, what is the newsletter covering? But I just loved, like I would cut bits out of mum's magazines and then re-stick them together and make my own magazine. I had the beauty salon in the spare room where I was essentially just like touching them on the head and being like, there's your scalp massage. Oh, you look, your gimme, hair looks beautiful. You look incredible. <laughs> give me, give me a gold coin now. Wow. Inflation. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> was really just hustling my parents for, for cash. But then that's kind of helped because <laughs> I've always known, okay, if you want money or you want, I mean, if you want anything, you've got to work your backside off for Absolutely. it. Absolutely. So that's, that's where it began. That is so wonderful. Just yeah. even reading about childhood, Gemma, I was like, it all makes sense. Like even if you didn't know where, mm. where that publishing company and beauty salon was going to lead well, you. Well, it all kind of came together. And then often I often drink with my parents because we're all alcoholics. So that's probably wonderful. maybe that's my answer to the first question. Um, <laughs> I said to them not that long ago, I was like, isn't it wild that I was just – doing this crap from our home age five and now it's my job and they're like yeah that is wild <laughs> yeah they're <laughs> like that thought. is wild but let's maybe not make this whole night about you and I'm like okay I'll see myself out yeah. um so that's my relationship <laughs> with my family can you see how in- I don't even need to be here I mean the dialogue is just so interesting <laughs> all by itself I'll let you um speak for a bit <laughs> no I enjoy this so much and like often if people are like oh sorry I digress I'm like that is the point of this yeah show. same I hate doing an interview where they're like oh did I waffle I'm like, like yes. yeah, perfect. I want you to wa- – the yeah. point of this is waffle. I don't know how to not waffle. I know. <laughs> it's a great skill. Mm. It is a great skill. Mm. So what at that time, you know, pre and post Muffin Break Westfield, Yeah. what did you think you wanted to be? And I, th- I think you've taken a really interesting pathway, particularly in – First starting with a TAFE degree or yeah. a TAFE course and then converting into a degree afterwards mm. to then lead into actually ending up going out on your own anyway. Yeah. How did that all unravel and how did you even decide what you were going to do and what you wanted to do? Yeah, God, it all worked out well, didn't it? I um, In the whole way through high school, I wanted to be a journalist after I got over my wish to be a ballerina. Um, I... <laughs> I'm not that good at ba- – I danced for 18 years. I'm not that good at ballet, but, God, musical theatre, bon okay. appetit. Um, People have really missed a great opportunity to ask you to, sh- to share some of that right oh. here today. I, I could have whipped out the um, costumes because I've insisted right. on keeping them all. No one even requested a single costume. <laughs> I'm really disappointed in you guys out on the inter- interwebs. <laughs> it's probably, probably for the best across the board. Um so I wanted to be a journalist, but I wasn't sure if I wanted to if I wanted to write or if I wanted to be on television or you know, I just I just didn't know. Towards the end of high school, I realized, okay, writing is what I love more than 
anything and and still do. That's that's my first love and I think that it always will be. So I looked at options for, you know, tertiary education and really the options were journalism or like fiction sort of writing courses. And I thought, okay, well, I don't want to write fiction. I'm not even sure that I want to be a journalist at this point because I looked at all of the the course things and it seemed that journalism just meant hard news journalism and that was never going to happen. I, I, didn't, I didn't want that for myself. So I thought, okay, well, you know, as every, every gal does, I'd watch Sex and the City and I was like, oh, I could write fashion. I love fashion. Maybe that's me. Yeah. <laughs> but then I, could, I, I looked at, um, you know, at a nonfiction novels, like longer form writing. I knew I wanted to do nonfiction. Um, fashion just, I think that's all I really thought that there was, if that makes sense. Beauty hadn't entered my head. I loved beauty. I've always loved beauty, but I just, for whatever reason, it had not occurred to me that there there was a job there. So I thought, okay, do I want to be a column writer? Do I want to be a fashion writer? What do I want to do? I can't determine the kind of writer that I want to be in a university lecture theatre. I need to hone my skills and it sounds like such a wank, but find my voice in inverted commas. And you do, it's every writer reason, does. Though. You yeah. have to go, it's a cliche because people actually have to go through Precisely. it. Precisely. Cliches exist for a reason, they're necessary. So I thought, okay, I need to sit down and I just need to write for a year or two and go from there and work out what I do and don't like. So I looked I knew I wanted to go to RMIT mm-hmm. because my the Channel 9 auntie had said to oh godmother auntie Channel whatever nine, yep. she had said forever for for media and comms that's where you want to go so I I had it in my head I didn't realize RMIT had a TAFE on the same campus so I was still getting that like city experience that I was craving they had a course that was professional writing and editing and that was the other thing I was like could I edit I love, I love doing this. So I looked at that course and it just spoke to me straight away because the, the classes I was taking, I, I did editing, obviously, uh, nonfiction writing, column writing, writing for television, writing for radio. I did a, like a children's fiction class. I just learnt everything. I spent two years honing my skills and I sincerely believe I'm a better writer for it. Mm. It was also the best decision in that I was the baby of the course. Out of everyone there, I was the youngest. Most of the other students were already working journalists, writers, Mm. broadcasters, and they said, okay, you're 18 years old. Our advice to you is you need to start working now. You need to start submitting pictures to places you need to start sending in test articles start a blog self-publish if that's what you want to do but get your work out there now because if you do two years of this course without working you'll get to the end and you'll be looking for a job or move into the journalism stream which is what I did and you will have no portfolio right and yeah so thank god for that how interesting yeah so that's when you started at Couture yes so I started sending in test pieces there was a, um, God, it was a website, Caramel. It was Caramel with a K. And I oh, think, of course yeah, I think that dissolved <laughs> around 2011. But I freelanced, I sent a few things for them, all unpaid, but like 
18, 19 years on going to fashion shows. I thought this is this is unbelievable. And then um, Lisa and Tom, who were the the founders of Couturing, were expanding the website, and this was this would have been the start of two thousand twelve now, and Couturing was the cool website oh to gosh. work for. Lisa and Tom were at everything. They had impeccable stuff, still do, just impeccable style. And I was like, done. I have to work for them. And they're amazing. I love them so yeah. much. Yeah. And I sat down, my my interview was with Tom and he was conducting the interviews at I think he was in an office or a classroom at maybe Kangan or one of the, oh, the yeah, fashion yeah. schools. I was like, this is so cool. We sat down. I was so excited to even have an interview. And then I sat there and he was reading through my blog. I remember it so vividly. I had written a, a review of the red carpet of the Met Gala. Oh, my God. And Tom sat in Why front of me. Why do we not have this here with us to Oh, to because read. that blog is uh, buried underground. <laughs> But he sat there reading this piece and he was like laughing and agreeing and being like, yep, loved that outfit. And I'm sitting there like, oh, my God, oh, my God, Tom, <laughs> Tom Wilson likes my work. And then I, a matter of days later, they were like, oh, yeah, we want you as part of the fashion team. So that was, oh, I think I was probably still 18. And then <gasps> they, yeah, tiny, tiny baby. And then they promoted me to assistant fashion editor, I think, six months after that so 19 and then I reckon no more than two months after that they were like surprise do you want to be fashion editor because stop it I did not know that actually yes well that's why everyone thinks I'm 110 years old because I've been at these (laughs) events since I was 18 well you could totally fob that off and be like I am 110 years old yeah I do my beauty regime I did that I was hosting a Maya event and I made a joke being like oh and I use this product and I'm actually 45 and everyone <laughs> laughed. And then there was one woman in the front row like, oh, my God, and started taking <laughs> notes. No. <laughs> I do that too. I'm like, I'm Asian, so I'm actually 65. Yeah. And people are like, oh, <laughs> do we love <laughs> casual racism? <laughs> I'm like, I'm laughing. You're it's, allowed to it's laugh. Fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I will look like a sultana when I'm 80. That's fine. Not necessarily. I believed that to be true for a long time, but I feel like in recent years I've seen some Asian women, 80 plus, who are looking schmick. So, well, are they following Glow Journal? I, I like think they the, must I be. Think that is the key. Plug. <laughs> okay, so. So that's me, a fashion at 19 and. Amazing. Yeah. And then when did you go to uni and decide to do further study and then end up not just a 19-year-old fashion editor but then going into L'Oreal and becoming a beauty editor at like a minute old. It's a crazy thing to hear back. It's like a really nice um, reality check. Like when I hear these things back, I'm like, yeah, shit, i got a lot to be grateful for. I So I finished that course end of 2012 and by that stage I thought, okay, and I now know what kind of writer I want to be. I There's still more I want to learn though. So I wanted to learn things like sound recording, all of, all of this stuff. So I had looked at journalism at RMIT and professional communication at RMIT. Because I had, I mean, at that stage, it was a Cert 4 and a diploma under my belt. I got accepted into journalism and into ProfCom. 
So I had a look at the courses. I don't know if they've changed now, but ProfCom was a, a sort of an amalgamation of journalism, media, PR and advertising. And I'm like, that's, oh a, that's a skill set that I want. And then I think from year two onwards, you pick which one you want to, to major in. So that was perfect. Obviously picked journalism because I was working and because I had tertiary qualifications already, I was exempt from half the subject. So I was only really oh, there part time. Okay. So I was able to spend more time uh, writing for couturing. I was able to, I was still working retail at that time because, you know, money is a thing that is <laughs> required. Wow. Um, it's, it's inconvenient. But. Yeah, it's a pain. <laughs> then end of 2013, so I've just finished my first year of professional communication at RMIT. I get an email from Alice McGuinness-Destro, who we still love to this very day, and she was L'Oreal Paris Australia's like on-the-ground journalist. Now, the company structure was a bit confusing because she was editing the L'Oreal Paris Australia. It was like their advertorial platform. But technically, she was employed by the Paris office. So L'Oreal Paris, Paris outsourced digital to Australia for an Australian platform. It's super confusing, but basically she's on Paris time, but she's on the ground in Australia. She had seen my writing on couturing. And I imagine at that point I had maybe written a few little beauty snippets and things on Instagram. So she knew I had an interest in beauty. And she said, can you do a test piece for L'Oreal Paris. They want to work with you. Let me just yeah. check my schedule. Um, sure. Yeah, I can, prob- I can probably do that. Uh, <laughs> so I was, I mean, how old was I at that stage? 20 oh and I was headhunted by L'Oreal Paris, submitted a test piece. They came back to me within 12 hours and said, yep, done. So January 2014, I started as a beauty writer for L'Oreal Paris while I was still doing my degree and while I was still writing for couturing. And then 2015, last year of my degree, at this stage it was I was just doing the journalism stream, completing my journalism degree at RMIT, I had been promoted to editor of the L'Oreal Paris website. Oh, my gosh. And I was still fashion editor at couturing. Nice. So yeah. small, small load. Well, Easy. The way that I'd justified, now I'm like a tired old woman and I'm like, how did you do that? But when you're... Early 20s, I feel like we had a lot of fuel in the tank. I think I must have been 22 for that final year, maybe, or 23. I've lost track, but I... um, (laughs) The way I justified it, I'm like, okay, so I'm I'm studying part-time, so I've got a couple of classes a week, then during... The, the mornings and the bulk of the day, I'll do my couturing work, file those fashion stories. And then while I'm on Paris time, so <laughs> the evening, I'll do all my L'Oreal work and edit. Because I was editing, I had another journalist working under me and I'll just do all of that. Oh, easy. Yes. Yeah. That's what you got to do to make it, right? That was a, It was a big year, but I do not regret it in the slightest because – if it weren't for those two years of L'Oreal, I would not have realised that beauty writing is what I love more than anything. Mm. So it makes me like so incredibly happy and full of yay hearing the moment in people's lives 
where they have done all that you have to do. It's always a jigsaw. You have to do Mm. so much experimenting. There's so many pieces that you end up discarding and that just don't work. But you have to do them to figure out the ones that you do want to stick. Yeah. And the bit of hearing when you realise this is my thing and knowing now with hindsight that that's what you ended up doing, it Mm. makes me so excited. It just all made sense all at once. I remember, God, it was Alexis Teasdale at the time. She was the beauty editor for Dolly magazine while I was still in high school. And I talk to her on Instagram now. It's wild. But when I was in high school, I would go straight to the beauty pages. I knew that writing about beauty was a job and I loved reading that but for some reason it didn't it's it's such a strange thing to say in retrospect but I just didn't click that it was a job that I could do mm. and then down the track it did and I was like oh that adds up yeah <laughs> hello I love writing I love beauty here we are <laughs> <laughs> so <sighs> won't happen overnight but it will happen <laughs> well that's a thing you know so many people I think see where you are at now and this is why I like spend so much time every episode going before the stuff they actually want to yeah, hear about which is so important yeah everyone's yeah. like oh, well obviously they're here to hear about Gemma what's from Glow Journal mm. but I'm like you need to hear about Maybe. all the shit that- <laughs> well they're <laughs> here because they love you and they'll <laughs> listen to whoever they're or because they're to. bored at home and have nothing else to do <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's one of the most important things to remind everyone is nothing is an overnight success even in oh uns- there's no such thing is no there? Nah. And, and particularly in uncertain times like now where the world is very much going to slow down for a while now everyone has been through these phases you know mm. nothing is smooth nothing worth it anyway is no nah, god no we will all see this through there are so many patches of your journey that are shit or that mm. don't make sense or that feel uncomfortable at the time but eventually you will find the thing if you are dedicated enough you'll find the thing that you love and now look what you're doing yeah it i is. could not agree with that more you, do, you kind of have to go through rough patches here and there in order to figure it out. Oh, even everything is transient. So I, I just, totally. Yeah. Nothing is permanent in this, in this day and age. But also I think that you, you have to go through shit times definitely mm. and challenging times to figure out what you care about fighting for. Yeah. You also sometimes just have to go through blah times where you're mm. like, this is just eh. Like yeah. it's, it's not doing anything for me. It's not bad. It's mm-hmm. a great job, but it's eh. Yeah. But I feel like yay, the, the idea for me of yay is that no one should settle for eh. Oh, God, no. People do, though. I know. and they But they don't know they're settling. I reckon I know people that that do know that they're settling. Really? I, I think it's a, it's a different personality type and I yes. mean absolutely no disrespect, but there are a lot of people who work is a means to an end for them. Yes. And all of their passions take place away from the workplace. I think as long as you are passionate about something – wonderful but I know a lot of people that are just going through the motions yes I don't understand it but it happens yeah yeah and I think that's another key distinction is if you are finding that joy somewhere else it doesn't have to be in your career absolutely not you need to pay bills like sometimes people making their passion their joy doesn't work because it kills the joy precisely especially creatives Mm. so before we jump into that whole play concept (laughs) what came next in terms of glow journal actually Mm. because birthing like 2017 yeah. it was a couple of years after my little baby this. yeah your little baby mm. and and actually you know I think one of the things we never remember to go back and talk about is what you thought would it would become then what your big mm. dreams wildest dreams were and if they ever contemplated what the, you have now well 2016 was the very big 
year for me in a lot of ways. So end of 2015, I decided to go full-time with couturing because Mm -hmm. Lisa and Tom had really refined the business model towards the end of 2015 and it had kind of pivoted into a a digital marketing agency. I had worked with and for them for such a long time and I thought, okay, yep, I'm able to go full-time with them. You know, I was fiercely loyal, potentially to a fault, so I thought, okay, I can do this. A few months in, it occurred to me digital marketing is not what I do. I'm not a strategy person. I'm a content person. Mm. I became aware of that, but I think unfairly to everyone else, I didn't really speak up about it. So I was miserable. And if you've been miserable in a workplace before, you become a bit of an asshole. So I was just going through the motions. In I'm honesty. Yeah. I, I adore you for this. I, I Yeah, I was a nightmare to work with and I, I was – I just was not happy. And there were situations um, that I was put in at work that in hindsight were not okay and there was a lot of butting heads. But Lisa and Tom had said to all of us from day one, if you want to like start your own business, they were very much mentors. So I kind of – They'd said, you know, if you guys ever have planned to start your own business, like we're, you know, we're here to teach you those skills. But I just, I didn't think I would do it. So I'm miserable and I was working on stuff that I hated, but then there would just be the occasional amazing project where I was like, well, here we go. It is absolutely (laughs) worth being miserable for this. Like they, they put me in charge of um, all of this video content that we were producing Um, during Mercedes-Benz Australian Fashion Week up in Sydney. So I spent a week shadowing Tony Matichewski. I just – he was so wonderful. He just let me put a microphone on him for the week. We had a video crew and I would just follow him around and write down, okay, what's the story? I was producing and directing, which I'd never done before, but I loved it and I loved wearing the creative director hat so that was that was formative, which we'll we will get to. Mm, I was just about to say, yeah. But then, so there was projects like that, and then you know I was doing copywriting for brands that I loved, but I was also doing social media strategy for like cafes and you know food and health brands that I was like, hang on, what? Huh? Yeah, this what? is not I'm my. A, I'm a fashion and beauty writer. What? <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Imagine your face just being like. Like it would just hit me every so often. I'd be sitting there like, what am I doing? So I, you, you can't see how bad a situation is until you step away from it. So everyone around me was like, Gemma, get out of there. You are miserable. And I was like, guys, I just directed a video series for Tony Matichewski. <laughs> if you think that I'm just going to leave. You are crazy. I'm at the top of my game. <laughs> Life is good. So I – Yeah, but there was like a, a part of me was like, oh, I, they're right, but you hate to admit it. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. You don't want to see the signs. Is this, no. You know that meme where there's like me with a sign? Yeah, yeah, precisely <laughs> that. In fact, my the meme that I relate to the most is that one, the cartoon of a dog just in a burning building and mm. the speech bubble says, this is fine. Yeah. Like that, yeah, I was like, like, what? This is okay. 
<laughs> so I knew they were right. So to kind of, and I missed writing beauty. Yeah. I was doing a lot of fashion, wasn't doing a lot of beauty. So I thought, okay, I'll just pick up a few freelance copywriting clients that were all in the beauty space. And I really enjoyed copywriting, which I, I you know, when you, when you study journalism and stuff, I want it to be all opinion. I want it to be editorial. I want it to be full features. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> copywriting's fun and it's tapping into different voices and the clients I was working with many of whom I still work with now were fantastic so by the time I got to October of 2016 I was super miserable I was clashing with the higher-ups and I it just it all came to a head I thought I can I can do what I'm doing away from work full time but you you know you have to take that leap and that I did which was scary as hell but I I left and I signed my first three clients full-time clients that afternoon oh my god yeah met up with a graphic designer and a web designer the next day and we were we were off it's so interesting that you said that because I think one of my favorite quotes times that just feel gross Mm. is new beginnings are often disguised as painful endings oh yes I've not heard about that but god that's good isn't it great that is 100% spot on yeah yeah and it it, sometimes things have to come to an an ugly head because Mm. of your unwillingness to get yourself out of the situation the universe will be like you deserve to be somewhere else everyone around you deserves for you to you know yeah if you're not taking action sometimes the world will be like I'm just gonna I'm just gonna shake shit up yeah so that you can start you can step into the next chapter it was 100% the kick up the ass that I Mm. needed and so was that – so you'd already had gemwatts.com. That was – that's what happened the next day. Okay, so, that so this was, is not Glow Journal yet. No. So what happened from there was I, I, I'm I very logical in my in my thinking. So I, I left and I'm like, okay, the first thing I need to do if I'm going to have this copywriting business, although at the time I was like it'll, I'll just be a freelancer, I need to set up a website and that website will serve as a portfolio mm-hmm. of existing beauty writing that I have done. So I met up with my graphic designer. I was like, it's not going to be a business. It's just Jem K. Watts, freelancer. So <laughs> she said, you know, she'd seen Instagram and she was like, but people love that Claire Callender, by the way. She's amazing. You've, have you worked with Claire? No, but oh, she's amazing. No, Brooke has. Yeah. Amazing. Um, yeah. So she, she was like, well, people love your little beauty reviews. It would be, I guess, a missed opportunity to have this website and just have it serve as a portfolio. Why don't you have some sort of blog functionality on there? And I was like, oh, okay, why not? So I started writing little beauty articles. This was October, so we had spring racing coming up. So in November, I started doing that content and it got so much traction. And I thought, okay, well, people are loving this. I'm loving producing it. There must be a gap. I think there's there's beauty writers that do an amazing job. Eleanor Pendleton, there's The File, there's Tomboy Beauty, the beauty websites that I loved were all Sydney-based or oh. overseas. And I'm like, God, no one in Melbourne's really doing honest uh, and great and witty. Beauty. Yeah, well, that's I, I, I hope that comes across. Oh, but my God, it absolutely Beauty's meant to be fun. Across. So if you're, not, if you're not kind of, you know, taking the piss a bit, like you're in the wrong field. But, that yeah, that kind of took off. The copywriting business was going really well. I was getting heaps of new clients that were coming through referrals, for the for the first 12 months of the copywriting business, I kind of didn't. I was still doing bits and pieces of fashion, but I just really wasn't loving fashion anymore. Mm. I This is backtracking a bit, but 
um, the reason that I was preferring beauty to fashion is because fashion had changed so much. Because when I started in 2011, it was interviews with designers, reviews of collections, just pretty objective stuff. Mm-hmm. But Instagram came in and it became more about personal styling, which is great. There are so many people that are great at that. It's not my jam. Yeah. Whereas beauty writing, it's still about being as objective as possible, if that makes sense. So I'm like, yeah, okay, there's a gap for this. I'm getting heaps of work. Wonderful. Then it got to maybe, maybe 12 months in of freelancing. So that's running the copywriting business in inverted commas, which was just me as a freelancer, freelancer, sorry, at that point and the blog. And then when an idea comes to me, I just have to do it straight away. So I was just probably in the shower. That's where all good ideas come, I think. (laughs) I was like, well, if I want to grow this, if I want to grow this copywriting business and this blog, I need to give it a name. I need to separate myself from it so that I have the luxury of being able to expand should I wish to down the track. Right. Got out the butcher's paper because that's how I brainstorm. I know some people like a whiteboard. I'm a butcher's paper girl forever. Um, came up with the name Glow Journal. Thought I'll keep it consistent. Um, it'll be Glow Journal Creative and GlowJournal.com, so they can all sit under the one umbrella. And and that was it. We did a little rebrand. Um, the branding was essentially the same because Ellie Patience, my graphic designer, did such a good job from day one. And and I was right. It all as soon as I changed the name, it blew up. It just takes on a life of its own when you actually let it. Yeah. I feel like CZA was the same. As soon as yeah. I like gave it a name, it was a thing. Yeah. It just went. And I, I don't really know why, but I think, I don't know if it if it legitimizes it, whatever it may be, if it's a psychological mm. thing, whatever it is, it works. Oh it gosh. becomes its own entity. So that was, that was, it would have been 2017. And now, yeah. oh my God, oh my God, that was actually quite a while ago. Yeah, I've been self-employed for three and a half years now. Wow. Yeah. Ah, and now there's a podcast. Yeah. Tell us also what launched today. Yeah. So there's been a few, it becoming Glow Journal is kind of, I mean, technically it's the second iteration, but I still consider it all the one thing because the business was functioning in the same way. It just changed names. After over a year of self-employment, I started thinking about not a podcast, but I was like, I, I want, if only there were a platform where I could interview people and legitimate and, chats. <laughs> yeah, and just sit down and have a conversation with them. I, oh, yeah, I that jam, was my jam, entire, jam. my entire reason. Yeah, for starting a podcast. But I, <laughs> I, I was like, God, what I loved initially about fashion was interviewing designers. I get so excited when I get to meet beauty brand founders. The exact moment. And I don't, I don't think I've spoken about this publicly before, but the, the exact moment was I went into Mecca head office because the founder of um, Sol de Janeiro was in town who do that amazing Brazilian boom, boom cream. It's so good. I sat down with her and we recorded like an hour-long interview. And then the story behind the brand is so great. I'm sitting down editing it to have it as a written interview on my website. And I'm like, God, she tells this story better than I can. Wow, that was the moment. Yeah, why don't I start a podcast? So then I told my sweet, sweet partner, Chris, I was like, oh, here's a fun idea. I could start a podcast where I interview the founders 
of beauty brands. And he's like, if you cast your mind back six months, I told you you should do that. I'm like, oh, okay, cool, sorry. He also was the one that six months before I started my own business, he was like, Jem, start your own business. You've got clients already. I'm like, no way, you're crazy. (laughs) And one day I'm like, here's a thought. I've had the best idea. I don't know how it puts I just don't me. know where I got it. Yeah. It just came, it to, came me. to me. I'm a genius and um, I guess thanks for watching. Yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting for the applause. Yeah. Chris. God, he puts up with a lot, that man. Yeah. I can actually imagine you sitting down and being like, here's an idea. I've like, had the most wonderful idea. Yeah. yeah. It's just struck me overnight. You're not going to believe what I've come <laughs> up with. So that happened and then, you know, a bit of, planning and stuff goes into it got Ellie patience to do the design for the podcast which was stunning um and that was September 2018 so that's a year and a half ago amazing I think we launched within a couple of weeks yeah months of each other and I feel like our podcast works so nicely anyway um I totally it's because yeah we yeah Loves, love a chat. Yeah. Similar gals. Guys, you have to go and listen to Glow oh, I put all the links you. in the show notes. That's but so nice. Amazing. And I've it's <laughs> just dawned on me that I've completely ignored your question, which is what launched today. So what launched today is I consider it to be Glow Journal 2.0. So it hit me at the beginning of this year that the overall – I mean, aesthetics are not the core of a business, but it's beauty, so it certainly plays a role. The website was cute. The podcast art was cute. It was pink. It was poppy. I'm not a pink poppy girl, but it looked great in the feed. And I was like, huh. Disconnect. There, yeah, there was a huge disconnect. And the the branding of my personal platforms and of Glow Journal Creative are super sleek and neutral and minimal and so beautiful. Kind of earthy. And that felt more in line with me and who I believe the glow journal woman or man is. So I'm like, how do I get rid of this disconnect? But you know, if you sit down and try to force creativity, it's not going to happen. So I just, just didn't really think about it. And then I was out, I went for a a walk, you know, nature kind of, you know, good things happen. We got great bike tracks, like just down the end of the street. So all of them. So beautiful. Yeah. It's a leafy green, Mm, beautiful. We love it. So it just hit me. What I needed to do was change the podcast cover art because the podcast cover art had been dictating the Instagram feed and that in turn had been dictating the website, which sounds crazy. No, doesn't. It actually makes so much sense. Well, it's all about cohesion. So then I was like, okay, how do I change the podcast art so that it still is beautiful and poppy but can be this kind of sleek, sexy thing that I want it to be. It all hit me in one afternoon. I was, you know when you're just in your zone? Absolutely. You get into flow and I was on a roll. So that happened on a Friday Arvo a few months ago and I worked the whole way through the weekend and then I didn't stop until this morning. Oh my <laughs> and that's pretty much catching you right up to today. Yeah. It is so beautiful. Thank you. Your Thank creative you so much. This beautiful shoot. Oh, it was nice to to be. You know, I think I think I am a creative, but I don't think I had properly exercised that muscle in quite some time. So, the team that worked on that shoot. Oh, 
just they just I sent them this really thorough brief because I'm a control freak and a psycho. They've looked That's at That's why we get along. Mm, yeah, precisely. <laughs> They've looked at it and they're like, yeah, perfect. And then on the day, just ideas were just coming out of, you know, all over the shop. And the, the models were amazing. Oh, those like, lips. Oh, my God. Kate Mogg, precision talent. Oh, what even? I'm yeah. like, they're human lips, like a real person. And that's not filler. That's just her face. <gasps> so beautiful. Yeah. So she, yeah, divine, but the, Amelia and Kate just got it. And I oh. got them in these like wacky poses. I wanted clean lines. There's more photos that are going to be kind of released over the next couple of months, but they just got it. And then I built the website myself because um that's a fun little fact i am not bad at coding i also learnt this yeah amazing that's how i first made money in myspace yeah i used to do custom myspace layouts for people um in exchange for like canteen money order which i was (laughs) which i was not spending at the canteen i was stockpiling it and then going into like sports girl and getting a lip gloss um, oh no! You, you know, been what? entrepreneurial since day dot. It was the body shop. Those the bronzes with the little pearls, and then oh, you would. Oh yes. Mm, so that's what that was. Job technically, <laughs> technically job number two because job number one was the the spa at home. But yeah, so I was doing that, and then the other thing I do a bit of photography within the copywriting and tone of voice development business. I was that girl that took her big chunky SLR camera to everything. School excursions, house parties, everything. Yeah, which was super annoying for people. But at the time they'd be like, why don't you take your camera everywhere? And then the next morning my Facebook wall would be like, can you upload the photos from last night? (laughs) That was me too. Can you tag me in the photos? (laughs) Then if people weren't like making a living out of social media, but I just – I don't know, intuition. I was like, there's something here. Mm. And then all of my friends who had older siblings who were turning 18 and 21, the, like the milestone birthdays, they were like, oh, we can't afford a photographer, photographer, but can your friend Gemma come? We'll give her 50 bucks and a couple of cruises um, and take photos. Oh, and that's a great yeah. exchange. Jackpot. That's so, then as well. What flavor? Oh, um, fairy floss. Which I'm not sure that they make anymore, but I'm getting back into cruises. <laughs> Grant, <laughs> she's regressing. Yeah, Grant Denya posted on New Year's him drinking a cruiser, which I believe was guava. I was going to say guava was my next best, and that's because that's of the my color. current best, and a bit of citrus. Oh, Ruskies nice. are great. I'm Lemon really Ruskies. just bringing right. it back. Um, yeah, so that would technically those were my first high school jobs, and here we are. Amazing. Yeah. Um, everyone go and have a look at the new website. It is absolutely <laughs> stunning. And I'm so excited about it. I just oh, I oh. love it when people are really excited about things. And I feel like, I mean, obviously the current situation is just, just the worst thing ever. But personally, I was already working from home, so it hasn't been a big mental adjustment. But I've never felt more creative and I feel like my writing is better. Mm. I'm reading more, which reading for me, I've always thought that was the best way to strengthen your writing as long as you're not, you know, plagiarizing. But mm-hmm. yeah. reading like, you know, Harry Potter. Well, I'm currently <laughs> re-going through. It's behind us. There's a huge book, Ray Morris Makeup Masterclass, <gasps> which is wonderful. You oh, I'll show you that. it. It's unbelievable. But I, I'm obviously not a makeup artist, but I think the key to good objective beauty writing is understanding 
not only technique but history mm-hmm. and Ray really references history in the way that she talks about and describes beauty. So this is something that I love about you so much as well is that you've fallen into something that you adore mm. and have literally self-taught and acquired all these skills as you've gone based on what you need at the yeah. time. It hasn't been like I started as a beauty therapist, makeup artist, writer, photographer, and then I just reverse engineered a job. It's like I figured <laughs> out my career path and then I learned the skills that I needed as I went. Yeah. And I I don't really want to go too far into the Natia section today because I really <laughs> want it to be really uplifting. Yeah, yeah. But to, that. Ag- to acknowledge that it is a hard time now, like that mm. you have been through challenging times, but also that it's a hard time now. I think some of the skills that you have used to overcome doubt and fear yeah. and a lack of confidence when you know like, who am, I, am I qualified to do this? I think there'll be so many people mm. pivoting to go online and to share their skills and to acquire new talents and turn that into a livelihood at the moment when it's, you know, what else can we do? Mm. I think self-doubt and and those that the role that fear plays in our decision making is more relevant now than it ever has been. Definitely. It's something I'm I'm very fortunate in I would say that um that bravery is a a real defining characteristic of mine and with all of this uns- I'm not I'm not really used to the feeling of uncertainty which is a strange thing and perhaps very ignorant to come from someone who is self-employed but just the last couple of weeks, I'm like, okay, this this is different. I'm super for, and I, I won't go into it because it actually makes me feel really guilty. I'm super fortunate in that my my work hasn't really been affected. I'm certain that it will be, mm. but I already work from home, so I haven't had to make that mental shift. Um, historically, people turn to beauty in times that are like this because they want that lift but they're not going out and, you know, buying a car. And the other thing is because the bulk of what I do is work on the copywriting business, my clients are in a fortunate position in that they are able to capitalise on the number of eyes that are on their websites. Mm. So, again, I'm aware that, you know, this is temporary but it has definitely made this situation easier and that means that I can focus more time on being generous with my community Mm. and delivering stuff that they want because I mean what what more can you do I think that's yeah so important that I I think the same I've had a lot of guilt around you know obviously our cafe's closed it yeah terribly affected but other parts of our work are still going and and you feel a bit guilty about that but I, I do think spreading the, the talents that you have and using the the ability that you do have to still provide what you can yeah. is important. But even just from the perspective of people who are now thinking about the fact that they might have to start something new, yeah. they might have to acquire a new skill, that's mm. incredibly intimidating, but you have continually done this as a pattern. Mm. What is your mental process to help break down the fear, the doubt, the uncertainty of something novel and uncomfortable? Yeah, I think for me, certainly with with the process of breaking down fear, my thought process at most times is what is the worst that can happen? And if we're talking about something like learning a new skill or um, I do a lot of emceeing, I know that people have a lot of fear around public speaking. I just sit and have a moment and say to myself, okay, what's the worst that can happen? Mm. It's generally not 
the end, like what, what, what is the worst that can happen from, you know, stumbling over a word while you're emceeing or learning a new skill and finding out actually I suck at this or I hate it. Mm. Whatever. Yeah, it's it's a new piece of information in that jigsaw puzzle. Mm. And I know it's easier said than done. So, again, it probably sounds really blasé of me to be like, yeah, what's the worst that can happen? But for me, that is the the sentiment that works and that resonates. So if it is, if that works for you, great. For a lot of people, maybe you do just have to take that step back and go, okay, what works? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. The worst that can happen from putting yourself out there is probably rejection. And or you then, look a bit silly for five yeah, minutes. I, um, I'm recommending another podcast um, while we're on this podcast. Um, there's <laughs> a podcast that a friend of mine, Pete Shepard, is a co-host on uh, called The Long and the Short of It. And it's him and amazing Jen Waldman, who is based in New York. And like just off the top of my head, the last two episodes – Yesterday's episode was about learning and the episode before that was about choosing optimism. So at this time, like, I mean, relevant. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, relevant. You know what? Your choice of wording in all situations is my absolute favourite. Oh, thank you very Even much. Even the fact that you vocalise <laughs> semicolons. Oh, yeah. It's the actual best i'm mad for a semicolon <laughs> oh mad for it and you know it's funny that you even said that because at the moment one thing i am so grateful for is that i haven't had too much dead time because i'm finishing the cca book edits. yeah and so i'm like if anything my productivity in writing has gone upwards yeah tenfold and one of the chapters i just finished in combating self-doubt mm. is what is the worst possible outcome? Yeah. That is the question. It's literally pages and pages of me going. Wonderful. You talk mm. yourself through to the worst possible scenario, confront it, realize it's not that bad, mm. particularly with the context of what's going on in the world. If the worst thing that happens is you find out you're shit at something. Yeah. You've found a new fact about yourself. Mm. Yeah, I know. I'm. You might have to thrash around for a bit, but mm. you, you get there. Absolutely. And choosing optimism in a time like this as well. There is going to be so much that's hard to hear and so much that's challenging and upsetting and unsettling, but there's also a lot of choice that you have over what mm. else you consume outside of that yeah. and do what makes you giggle. Like- yeah. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm going to have a FaceTime party with my girlfriends tonight. Well, it was my birthday yesterday. Yeah, I was like, no. virtual oh. house party. Yes. I, I actually had an amazing um, – a FaceTime conversation with a few of my girlfriends and oh, we all so had to nice. wear those emoji face things. Perfect. There was a poo, yep. a giraffe, and yep. I think I was uh, a koala for a little while. Oh, that's nice. It was great. Yeah, that's lovely. It was a great time. You know, oh. whatever makes you laugh. <laughs> so, yeah, we have come to my favourite section ever, play to yay. Yeah. Which is where we break down everything that's work-related about you mm-hmm. and it's even harder to do that when your identity is your passion, mm. is your brand, is the work that you do. But what do you do that is just for joy? And, of course, go through the things that you do when you're not in isolation. Yeah. But now how you've pivoted to finding things that make you happy inside. Well, my so I, I've mentioned that I danced for 18 years and I one of my favourite things, this sounds so bougie, but my favourite thing outside of work to do is to go to the theatre. I love it's musical theatre. I still have so many friends within the dance and the theatre world. My best friend Gabby is a professional dancer, so I'm still very much like tuned in to what's happening with dance. My 
my, I'm not big on resolutions, but the goal that I set myself this year was to go back to dancing because I miss it so much. And I was like, I want to start casual classes again. Um, that's clearly not happening uh, in the foreseeable future. Well, I've just been dancing around the house. (laughs) (laughs) I, um, can you please, I jump on the, oh, I don't want to show off. I, um, I jump. I don't want to shock you all with my <laughs> skills. I jump on the the YouTube channel, even if I'm not like following along. I just love to watch. Um, it's the what is it the the Millennium Dance Studio in Los Angeles. <gasps> amazing! I did a class there once. It is. Oh, you're kidding! It is the tits. It is That's amazing. The, yeah, the tits is the, the, precisely the word. It is I actually the technical to. term that yeah. describes the exact situation. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> without a doubt. I'm I'm not going to dispute that in the slightest because you're absolutely correct. Um, I yeah, I just jump on there and I'm. The moment I'm just watching, oh, just I love it. watching, and then I, yeah, I'm reading all of my big, because I think this is the best time to really jump back in and refine my writing skills mm. again. I am just reading all of my like big chunky beauty textbooks. I think research is the best possible thing as far as strengthening your um your writing skills. So I'm doing a lot of that. Oh, and just amazing. getting outside and yeah. you know, making sure I'm doing so in a way that is safe and how, distanced. How is are you on the outdoorsy scale from like a, a one to ten? Here's the thing. Because I'm interested in this answer. So everyone thinks I'm a princess, and that is because I am a princess. But <laughs> I if I don't get outside and go for a run like I'm not I'm obviously not a natural athlete but I run every single day because oh we've my got gosh. yeah even I'm, like I'm, I'm not fast and I'm not um I don't have much stamina but I love it that I is just awesome. love it because that's my I um that's my version of meditation yeah. that gets me out of my head I'm not really up in my head at the best of times I'm pretty if I were any more relaxed I would be unconscious but I like to get outside <laughs> that is the and best just <laughs> it just <gasps> it's just the nicest way to start my day you fresh air I listen to some good music mm-hmm. so I'm outdoorsy in that sense I've never camped before I can see this, yeah. I would love to be there the first time. Can you please video it? Can well, you I went on, show. I went on like, but I love like the beach and the water, and I love to swim. Um, but camping, I just, I, I just don't understand it. I think I would be fine, and I don't think I would be precious about it. Yeah. It would be new though. It would be new. Would and your beauty I, light fit in the tent? I mean. Well, I just, I this is, see, this is why I think I'd be fine because I don't use lighting. I just use natural light. I love this actually. You do. Yeah. Even like people are like, oh, what did you do? You know, what's the lighting set up for any portrait photos I take? It's the spare room window. We're on top of a hill and the windows are east facing. Hello. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> so the, the lighting situation when camping would be fine. I think I, I think I'm pretty tough. I'm not really afraid of anything. I just I just don't see the appeal. That's fair enough. You know what? You've got to know what you like and stick to it. Yeah. And that is all that is exactly the essence of play TA is we don't have to enjoy the activities that everyone thinks are leisure activities. Whatever yeah. it is, however weird it might seem to other people or what or however many people out there think it's fun, like your form of fun is your form of fun. Yeah. Oh, you know what else I've <gasps> tell. I've I've always loved to cook and the last couple of years I've really just knuckled down. I love to I at you are this a great very, wife in the making. Oh, I'm I'm <laughs> truly I um all of my friends know because my parents love to entertain. Obviously, this they're not. Does not surprise. They're me. not doing it at the moment, clearly. But um, you know, as 
you know, a month ago, I would, even when I was 18, I would, you, you come home in the middle of the night and you want to be quiet. You don't want to wake up your parents and be disrespectful. I would look out onto our back decking and they'd be out there with all of their mates. And it still happens now. <laughs> we have a lot in this, in this industry, so to speak. We have a lot of events on Thursday nights, I find. Yes. My mother doesn't work Fridays. So I'll come home on a Thursday and they'll be up with their friends having a drink and I'm like, all right, I've got to work in the morning. I'm going to bed. I'm going to bed before my parents. But they're like, oh, someone's turning in early. (laughs) So so that in mind, I love to entertain too and I love – to cook for everyone. They're like, well, you I don't need to it. do this. I had my friends over. I invited my friends over for pizza, but I made the dough. Of course And you I did. fully set the table and I had like leaves going down the centre. Yeah, I'm a psycho. No, I love this. Mm. I remember those photos. Yeah. And your stories looked like something out of like, I don't know. It looked pretty chic if it I do say so myself. Like, I'm trying to think like gourmet traveler or like, oh, thank you. you know, something super fancy. I had a Pinterest board for what oh, I wanted the table oh, to look like. Just for a home dinner, casually. So, yeah. Casual. So that's what I, that's maybe that's one of my other play TAs. I love to entertain. Can I also ask, because ah. this interests me too, how do you let your hair down? Like how down do you let it? Like, oh, do you have casual, down. like, feral Uberites nights or do you? Yes. I feel like you're to get, you're very together. Oh, oh no. If you want to interview Chris next, he will, um, <laughs> we should have quite, to the, quite the contrary, except that he doesn't have social media, hates um, anything public and all but of that's that. Also but nice. wonderful. We'll get him on. That's um, a nice contrast though. Yeah, I'm a trash bag. Amazing. You know what I love is I worked when I was, um, 18, 17, 18, I worked at the pancake parlor, the 24-hour one. So they're on Uber Eats 24 hours. They do not close. Pancake parlor, cottage potatoes. So it's like greasy potato wedges, melted cheese, bacon. Ooh. Um, what's it called? Sour cream. How did I just forget sour cream? I don't know. You were um, just having too, too much onion. excitement that it, it made a brain fire. Yeah. So if I come home at shit o'clock in the morning, this thank is, you, 24 I pancake parlor. I'm, I am trash. I cannot stress that to this you This is enough. my favourite though. This is because I feel like this is the opportunity for people to show that side of themselves. Yeah. To just be like, you know what, my play TA is frigging potatoes at 3am. I love that. I, I just love a drink. Mm. I really enjoy it. I mean, you've witnessed it at um we're at like a fancy <laughs> for anyone um watching we were at a very fancy party at government house and <gasps> yes i it i don't really get drunk i think the technical term is oh, who still has a landline let alone <laughs> calls it we'll just ignore that i have literally not heard a landline oh ring god it'll it'll stop um do you know what this is taking me like really back we've talked about mm. ruskies and cruises we've got a land we got a going. landline yeah god. we've talked about like you know Someone might send a letter soon. Snail mail is a thing now. Yeah, I'm mad for it. Mm. I really enjoy it. Well, that's all our – I just want contact with the postie. I mean, seriously. Yeah, God. My dad is so – he's just the most social person. He's been standing at the front door, like, talking to them as they put things in the post box. How are you you going? He knows all of their names. Of course he does. Um, What a legend. Yeah, he loves it. But I – God, where – Loves a drink. Oh, the, yeah, technical term. <laughs> I love your brain. What about uh, um, loves a drink? There yep, it is. That, yep. 
the technical term uh, I think is built like a brick shit house. So I can just drink You're and drink solid. and drink, and oh, I'm pretty good. Well, we would cancel. Well, we're going to get in trouble for this podcast. But that's all right. <laughs> I sniff alcohol and I'm like, yeah, because like I was. I'm like, guys, I'll get us some more champagne, and Nick's like, damn, <laughs> Sarah's fine. He's like, <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I had like one sip, and I was like. <laughs> Khan and I are like bullfrogging the champagne. <laughs> so before oh. we move to our closing questions. Ah, yes. I forgot this was a podcast. Yeah, so did I. <laughs> there is so much. I mean, I know there are so many places we can find all your amazing mm. beauty tips and recommendations and you do them so wonderfully. Thank and you. one thing Gemma does, which I love, is not sponsored, just good, which is her hashtag for Yeah, products. which has taken off and now it, lots of people are using it, which I'm glad. I never intended it for never intended for it to be my thing and I'm glad that it's taken on I love a life it of its own. Because it, I think the particularly in beauty, which is such an intimate thing to us, to know that your your reviews and advice is genuinely like really coming from the things that you actually use and love. Well trust is at the crux of it. Mm. And if you don't have that that trust between you and your audience, then you're you're absolutely rooted. So <laughs> rooted is yeah. also the technical. Word. Yeah, that is no, that's uh, that's the one. So uh, in that context, you know, everyone, if you had, I'm a total beauty noob, as I'm sure you guys all know. <laughs> you're very good if at you, it, though. Oh, I'm very good in a very limited, like one look. Yeah, but same. No, I can do skin, but. Make no. me do anything else. No, but you, you know all the products. I'm like, I do I'm know good all with the like, products. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you can speak the speak, right? Or talk the talk, whatever the saying is. <laughs> speak the speak. Either. <laughs> but if you had to share your three top mm. hacks or products that while everyone has a minute to try them yeah. or like things that, you know, noobs would not know that are great. Mm, okay. Um, I feel like, guys, go through the whole archive of Gemma's content to find all her beauty <laughs> hacks. the microphone again. You know what the big one is? Um, and while we're, we're all inside at the moment, you still got to wear sunscreen every day. If you've got windows, Whoa. yeah, you still got to have your SPF 50 on. That is a good one. Yeah. Wouldn't have thought of that. Yeah. UV penetrates glass. So if you're in the car, if you're just in your home, if you've got windows, you need to be wearing sunscreen. Oh and God. just make it make it a non-negotiable. I put on sunscreen every single morning and have done since I was about 13. Yeah, um, I've actually been like that as well. Yeah, it's, it's just once you make it part of your routine, it's, yeah. it's a no-brainer. So that's the big one and I think it's important to mention now, because I know a lot of people will be like, well, I'm working from home. I'm not going I'm outside. Yep. Um, whenever people complain about SPF, I'm like, why not? What are you losing from you putting put it on? You put moisturiser on, so put yeah. sunscreen, yeah. Uh, the, uh, what are some other little hot tips, particularly for this time? Um, use this time to, I guess, I mean, it's sort of, I don't love linking self-care to beauty necessarily because I, I think... Self-care doesn't have to be about consumerism. But at this time, give yourself a little DIY facial if that's going to help you feel a bit better and give you a bit of a lift. And it doesn't – I obviously use a lot of devices and stuff because (laughs) trialing them is my job. Like I'm, you know, giving myself a microcurrent facelift. But just use what you have. One of my girlfriends posted on Instagram the other day and she loves beauty but she she doesn't work in beauty. She made herself like a, a DIY kind of bath 
scrub thing. Just jump on Pinterest, <laughs> look things up. Use Experiment. This, yeah, use this time to just play with beauty. Mm. It's one of the few times that we have the luxury of time. So if there's been like a look that you want to try out, but oh, I'm not, where am I going to wear this? Do it now. Wear it on your conference calls. Yeah. I literally. Do whatever. If you hate it, you have the luxury of just washing your face. You're not, you're not going <laughs> no anywhere. No see it. Yeah. I actually, like even today, I was like, I'm going to try a different look to one I've ever done for today for Gemma and just and put here, like hysterical makeup on. Didn't do it. Obviously. And here you are in. Uh, <laughs> no one requested no. <laughs> anything. Yeah. I don't. Do not. Use this time to cut your own fringe. <laughs> now it. is now is not the time. I've got like the kind of curtain bangs things. I am going to let them grow out. You're I am not going attempting. to nap. God no. By the end of this, I'm going to have one eyebrow that just stretches the whole way across my forehead. Mm. But. I you're going to make it fashion. I'm going to leave it to the experts is what I'm going to do. And I have learnt from having a monobrow in high school that me doing my own eyebrows is just not going to get me to where I need to be. So you do, can rock that monobrow gal. Um, do play with beauty. Do not uh, attempt to do it. Yeah, they're absolutely right. You can, um, yeah, change the language. Certainly don't change the structure. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Second last question for every episode. What are the three interesting things about you that don't normally come up in conversation, of which I've probably already shared a lot? But so usually I ones. would use the ventriloquist dummy one, but we'll cut that. And then I would also probably use the child start one. So we'll cut that. So <laughs> what are we... <laughs> What You're going to have to dig deep. What are we left with? I'll kind of bounce off the, the child star one. One of my, I think maybe my second television appearance was backup dancing for High Five at <gasps> Carol's by Candlelight. You did not. High Five backup dancer, their very first Carol's by Candlelight appearance. What a geek. Um, I will, in the same category, I'm, I'm cheating a bit here. I will, I will still keep this as number one. Another one that you can find on YouTube if you search Mr. G at the Logies, Mr. G being Chris Lilly uh, and his performance at the Logies, when the costume, when the red costume dancers come out, you might see someone front center that you know. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Spoiler I was a, alert. yeah, Chris Lilly backup dancer. Actually, you know what? I can. I'm going to bounce the next two off the aforementioned. So. Um, number two that doesn't come up in conversation is uh, my Carols by Candlelight drinking game. So I, uh, Channel 9 Godmother, she's the entertainment producer of Carols by Candlelight. I love to watch Carols by Candlelight. So does my mother and so do some of the other friends and family that we have around on Christmas Eve. My, it's typically the men in the room are like, again, so I, to get everyone involved in watching, and it has since gone, I would say reasonably viral, <laughs> I put together a Carols by Candlelight drinking game. Of course so you did. So rules off the top of my head include uh, drink for every time they zoom in on a baby. Uh, this is great. Drink for uh, every former reality contestant you see so that can be Australian Idol that can yep. be The Voice there's a lot of those yep. Survivor anything yep you drink for um if someone looks at the tv and says god Marina Prize had a lot of work done um 
you finish your drink if the baby they zoom in on is asleep. Okay. You finish your drink if the hosts or the performers say verbatim, let me see those candles <laughs> or, or you all look so beautiful from up here. So that's one that doesn't come up in interviews often. And then... That's like, great. That should be on your LinkedIn somewhere. Yeah, it should be. I invented it? the Carols by Candlelight drinking yeah. game. Yeah. And then another one that doesn't often come up in conversation, these are all television related and make me seem like even more of a wanker, but I think they're funny. Um, for many years, <laughs> my job at the Logies, which is a job people don't know exists, um, I... <laughs> Uh, attend the rehearsals for two days. I fill seats on the nights. You have to dress as though you are meant to be there. So then when they do the sweeping shots of the room. Have we seen each other at a Logies before? Has this happened? Now, I feel like it has. Me too, but I don't know why. Anyway, continue. I feel like I knew this. Yeah, that's, yeah. Um, And then my job during the rehearsal weekend is uh, they they have the, the presenters come in to rehearse, you know, the awards that they're going to give. They don't have the name on the sheet of who wins the award. They don't know it until the night. But they do get me to sit in the winner's seats. Now, the seats don't have the names on it during the rehearsals. I sit in the winner's seat and then um, so the camera crew can track the best path from the table up to the stage. Of your face. Uh, Yeah, and then I have to also um, do an acceptance speech. So I'll be walking up to the stage and then the stage manager will be like, okay, do a really, really short one so that we know what we'll have to do if we have to like cut to a break sooner than we'd expected or drag on and on and on so we can test the wrap up and the music. So I have to get up there and be like, I can't believe that I have won. There are so many people that I'd like to thank. So that's, yeah, that's three wacky Gemma facts that don't often come up. Thank you very much. (laughs) They were great. Yeah. I'm pretty happy with those. I can't believe you have to make speeches. Given that I'd, yeah, let my ventriloquist dummy one go so early, I think I did well (laughs) on the spot. And very last question, what's your favourite quote? Oh, I mean, at this time, (laughs) there there are so, so many. Um, I'm, can I can I do two? Of course you can. A favourite that I used to have when I was like 15, I had it written on my mirror in lipstick and it's such a cliche but it just said life's too short not to and I still think like, you know, it's, it's just the equivalent of saying YOLO. But it is, it this, is the sophisticated yeah. journo writer yeah. way of saying it. The sentiment of it is again my thought process at all times. If I'm scared to do something, I'm like why would you, why would you not? You're not going to, you know. That's when you're on your, you know, the end of your whatever the road may be, you're not going to sit there and be like, I wish I took less opportunities. Yeah. And then the other one, I will probably butcher it, but as far as business is concerned, there's a quote from the the founder of LinkedIn where they're talking about if you look at, I think if you look at the first version of your product or your website or whatever it is and you're not embarrassed by it, then you started too late. So I would look at... um my you know the blog I mentioned before and even when my website was just gemkwatts.com mortifying but at least I was putting work out there that is such a good one I haven't heard that it is there hard to find a quote I mean you I probably haven't heard, heard it because I've absolutely butchered the uh, no that <laughs> the is brilliant of it. 
Oh my God, that was such a good one. And oh, I also feel you. like now everyone is the time where you might be creating those fresh starts that down the track you're embarrassed of, but that is mm. exactly the process that you're meant to be embarking You just got to put on. it out there. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Gem. <laughs> thank for you for having me. Our little yay lunch hour on yeah. Trump Day. Guys, just sending you all so much love. Lots of yay. It is a very challenging, uncertain time. We only have each other, but you do have a choice to focus a lot, as much of your attention as you can on things that make you smile. Still, there's a lot to still be grateful mm, for. So heaps. Um, send someone a message of love or send them a meme. The meme community is oh my God, really it, stepping up yeah. to this, this occasion. Yeah. Is there money in that? Because maybe that's... <laughs> I'm not for me we personally. Start I'm, a business. You memes. can, and I'll just promote it. <laughs> yeah. I'm no good at them, but God, for anyone that's that uh, is, I mean, there's now's good, the time. It is. There's some great. I feel like the community's really stepped up. Mm. There's a lot of laughing material out there. Yeah, it's not about like taking away from the serious of the seriousness of the situation. Mm. I think we are all very aware of that. It's just making light of the time that you have to pass until we can all come. Send through some it, thank you which notes. We will. Oh, do yeah. things like that. Snail mail. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for joining and uh, sending you all our love. Mwah. Bye. I actually love when the conversation goes all over the shop like this one does. I always find it so wonderful to hear people chatting so naturally, and I hope you guys did too, especially when we're all craving a little connection. I'm hoping to do some more lives to make it more interactive over the next few weeks, thinking up a few crazy things that we could do. So keep your eyes and ears peeled. Something I was thinking about, though, which I also posted on the CCA Instagram page, is to remind us all to be kind and patient with ourselves. You don't have to be going live or starting an online program or doing anything to react at all, actually. You can just simply respond in your own way. So we've compiled a group reading list and TV and movie list in the Facebook group or the CDA neighborhood as we call it. So if you prefer to enjoy things that way, make sure you join if you haven't already. It's so strange to be lost for words, uh, and I really am, but I have been quite often through these times. All I can say is everything is temporary and one day we will look back on this crazy time of history and hopefully realize how much it taught us try as hard as you can to look for the silver linings and look after yourselves and each other sending you all lots of yay